want you to be very attentive. Who's this crazy woman up here? I don't know. They're all crazy too, so we're all together. Amen. I want you to be very attentive today. There's a lot of things that's been shifting in this house. How many appreciate what's been being spoke through this pulpit? Man, something's been going on. God's doing something. You know, you know when God's doing something when you can barely get out of the prayer room and you walk into the sanctuary and something's going on in the sanctuary. See, it's his presence. That should have been a shout right there, but I'll, I'll wait on you in a minute. I don't know if he's going to wait on you, but hurry. There's a huge shift happening. There's a shift happening to the church, the church. Individually and corporately. Respond. Thank you. How you respond. And I'm going to just say that right now because I'm going to take authority over the enemy and every device and everything that he would try to hinder in the name of Jesus. What's been holding you won't hold you today. What's been wounded you won't wound you today. God's going to step over what you think your choices are. He's about to invade your house. That's okay. We've been speaking the last few weeks on look again. And we've mirrors up here. And there's been reflections of what God's been doing. So I'm going to go back to James where we first started. James 1, 23 through 25. And when God spoke this scripture to me, I was in my kitchen getting ready to fix something to eat. You know, God will speak if you'll listen. I wasn't thinking about you. I wasn't thinking about nobody. And all of a sudden, I'm putting something in the microwave, and he said, tell them to look. I just got out of church. What do you mean? What? I can't go back in there. Nobody's in there. He said, they've been looking in a mirror and turning around, and they can't remember what they look like. So I called the pastors. So see, nobody's ate lunch yet. Y'all might have ate lunch yet, but we were still eating lunch with God. I said, something's going on. I said, he said that they've been looking in a mirror, and when they turn around, they can't remember what they look like. So I'm going to read this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he's like. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being a hearer, being no hearer, who forgets what he looks like or acts, will be blessed in his doing. How many of you want to be blessed in your doing? Now, how many of you want to be blessed in your doing? Some of you try to struggle to try to be blessed. How many of you want to just be blessed? 
many of you want him to just take over and be blessed? Amen? So I'm going to go back to a couple of quotes from Pastor Brandon. I was going to call him Pastor B. I can call him Pastor B. I can call him Pastor Brandon. I can call him my son. Well, sometimes I used to call mm, when he was a little boy. He said, hold on. I have a promise. Don't roll that dice on me. I have an inheritance. Don't roll that dice on me. Look again. And I, hear, I heard him scream this. Who are you, church? Get outside of your situation and look up. Who are you? Who's holding your mirror? When your mistakes are your mirror, you'll stand outside the promised land. How many of you don't want to stand outside the promised land? He was talking about the ten spies. And two saw the grapes and saw the promise. And the other saw the giants. I don't know what you're seeing today. I don't know who's holding your mirror. I don't know about you, but see, when, when things speak over this pulpit, I take heed to it. I don't care if it's for him, him speaking, her speaking. Guess where I got all this? I got this in my notes. I took notes back there on that, on that chair back there, and this is what I got. Go back to your notes. Go back. And remember the things that God's trying to say. Pastor Jen, look at him. Identity, the father. Made in his image. We want the direct light. Uh, see, some of you got that indirect light. See, some of you have been walking in darkness so long that you're so used to it. You wouldn't know if the light turned on. You wouldn't know what would happen. Oh, my goodness. I think I'm naked. Oh, my goodness. The light's turned on. Oh, can somebody cover me? He's tired of you being covered. He's exposing everything. Accountability. The sun. It holds you true to your identity, no matter what it cost, being true to his word. The father, made in his image. The son, accountability. The glory. The Holy Spirit. When you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your lives, it reflects the evidence of the glory of God to others. It's the manifest presence of Jesus Christ. When you reflect the evidence of the glory of God, it'll shine on to somebody else. You wonder why you're not a witness? Because you ain't got no shine. You got to be in the glory of God. The light of his presence. 
Some of you go in day in and day out, day in and day out, and never be in the presence of the Most High God. You have a whole opportunity to do that. Shakes me to my core. And you know what? There's times I could get busy and I'll start something and all of a sudden my phone starts ringing and all these things start happening. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, God. I haven't even had time with you today. I make it a point. I am an intentional, Jalen. I am intentional. I get up. I read my word. Before I go to bed, I read my word. I don't care if it's 1 o'clock in the morning and we just walked into the house. I'll turn my light on. I'll get my Bible. And I will make sure that I'm intentional. Because guess what? It never goes void. The word never goes void. It had accomplished what it's sent to do. And the word became flesh. Ah, the word became flesh. Oh, I just, I just read this. Jesus Christ. And the word became flesh and it dwelt. And it dwelt among us. If you've been looking deep within the word, the mirror, to the one who became flesh and dwelt among you, then who's looking back at you? If you're looking into the word and you've been looking deep within it, you know, she was talking about the ocean and being, fall in love and let him, let him drown you in his love. It's drowning in this word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among you. If you've been looking in the mirror, who's looking back at you? Who's gazing upon you? I want you to go with me to Psalms 11. I love. Pastor Brandon had no idea. I'm shaking up here. Sam had no idea in prayer. They have no idea in worship. Your prayer and your scripture has no idea. See, God goes like this. He fitly joins everything together. See, some of you have already been feeling that. You knew that. You knew you had to get here. You knew there were some things. God's going to confirm his word to you. If you've been in his word, he'll confirm his word. Psalms 11, verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try. The children of men. To try means to lean in in detail. See, you think, oh my goodness, he's just going to gaze on me. I've been looking at him. I've been looking. I've been digging. And he's going to get, oh, he's going to try you. His eyelids try you. And I thought about that. I was like, man, God, you're not only looking at us, but even your eyelids are trying us. You feel tried? Do you feel like a light's been on you for a while? 
And there's been this deep yearning. Psalms 11, 7, just a couple of verses down. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. His face, the upright shall behold his face. Continents, his face. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. That means you stand in right standards with God. Bless, breastplate of righteousness. He loveth righteousness. And what's been happening in the world? Unrighteousness. It's unrighteous. It's unright. It's not right. His continence beholds, beholds the upright. God so cares intently to us and about us, he studies us. He studies our response, our, and he weighs our attitudes. <laughs> Y'all have an attitude? You have a tood? I'm glad you're honest. You know, I used to have to, I'm going to pick on Brandon in a minute. I used to have to correct him of his tood. Correct him of his attitude. And then he grew up. And God can correct his attitude. I'm not saying you got an attitude. Well, you might. Um, I'm kidding. Maybe not. But, but God is looking intently at us. God is correcting our attitude. He's looking in detail. See, sometimes we think, oh my goodness, he's going to give us his gaze. That's good. But it says that his eyelids will try us. He is very concerned over our welfare. <laughs> See, sometimes we think we have to be so concerned of our welfare. Oh, my goodness. I got to make sure this is right and that's right. And I'm so, that makes me so mad. That's, he said he's concerned for your welfare. He's concerned and he studies you in detail. I don't want him to study me in detail. I bet you don't. See, but when the light turns on, everything's shown. You ever seen anybody that can walk up to you and you know they've been in the glory of God? You know they've been walking in the light of God and they walk up to you and they don't have to say nothing. They go, what, what, what's, what's wrong, what? And the person couldn't say, well, I didn't say anything. It was conviction of the Spirit of God because you've been in the presence of God. It doesn't mean that it has to be anybody that you even know. I was in an elevator one time, and this man slanged his word of God. Mm. Mm. I just stopped and turned around and looked right at him. He goes, what, what? I'm sorry. I, uh, are you? That's all I did. And the conviction of God in that elevator, sometimes you don't have to say much. You can just look. 
Come on, somebody. See, we turn an eye to so many people that are out there doing stuff, doing their thing. When are we going? Jesus is coming. You better hurry. But see, if we haven't spent a lot of time with God, we wouldn't know that he's coming. Do you know how closely the door is? Do you realize how close the door is? He studies us. He judges us. Every word, every deed. I would say something in it could be more in an anger than it would be in a nice way. And I have to say, Pop, come on, my friend. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't say that. I promise you I would like to knock him out sometime. And I, I would literally, what are you doing? I can't study him. I can't know the detail of what God wants to do. I can't correct his attitude. I'm not saying you got a toot. You know what I'm saying? God's got to correct my attitude. I got to let him study me deep. See, but if you don't go deep in this, how are you going to let him study you deep? Some of you have been tested. I've been tested, man. I'm tested spiritually. I'm tested physically. I've been tested. I'm still tested. And I heard God late last night, and he said, are you going to let your physical... Are you going to let your physical dominate what I'm about to do? I had to release myself to God. Again, I don't care if you have to do it every day. But see, he's the perfect surgeon. But see, we don't like that knife for him to test us. We don't like that knife to cut us. We don't like the open wound. We don't like that part when you get cut and it's opened and God wants to seep something out of it because it's sin and it's sick. So we would soon be scooting aside, not allowing him to see the details of us. He sees it anyway. Why are you trying to hide something that he already sees? See, you're the one that's going around the mountain over and over and over again. God knows every detail. Riding these chairs right now, he knows every detail. He knows your ins and he knows your outs. We might see in part some details of your lives, Sam, anyway, Matthew. And then we could put it in prayer about something that we see in a detail. 
But can you imagine that God sees you in complete detail? He knows every part of you. He made you in his image. Isn't it funny when you see, I just was looking at the baby earlier and just her eyes were as bright. Selah, I looked over at her. I said, look how pure. You can see right into their souls. And then we walk life and walk life and walk life, walk life. And what happens? We can't even look in the mirror. We can't even remember what we looked like when we looked into the mirror. We turned around and we couldn't remember what we looked like. We can do nothing to avoid his gaze. You're not going to be able to do anything to avoid his gaze. Well, maybe if I sing a little bit better. He still sees you in detail. Well, maybe if I sow that seed to somebody, maybe that would be better. No, he still sees your detail. Did you do that with a joyful heart or did you do that for yourself? Because he still sees you in detail. Are you getting the credit for it or is he getting the credit for it? Because he still sees you in detail. You can't do anything to avoid his gaze. Gaze. In the Hebrew, love this. To behold, to see, to perceive. It says beholding requires more than a glance. <laughs> it is purposeful for something so magnificent that you can't take your eyes off of it. You mean to tell me, and I had to stop right there for a long time, and I sat down at the table and chair, and there was times I sat there, me see, for hours with still my pen tapping it. Nothing on my paper, tapping it. What do you want, God? And when he got to this, it is so purposeful for something so magnificent that they can't take their eyes off of it. I said, you mean tell me that you want your gaze upon us, that we're so magnificent that you can't take your eyes off of it? I'm not magnificent. I'm just trying to get through the day. His gaze. If we're looking at him in this word, then he's looking back at us. And he said he's got his gaze on us. He's got his look on us. And it means that you're so magnificent that he can't keep his eyes on. Oh, my goodness. When I... Fell in love with that man all the way back in the back 43 years later. No, 43 years married, 46 years together. Jesus, help me. (laughs) 
I was sitting on a chair at his cousin's home. Just lost my mom a couple of months back. I felt abandoned. I felt rejected. I was so hurt. My mom was a woman of prayer, man. She was a woman of God. I was raised in that. Ooh. So when my dad comes to the end of my bed at 4 o'clock in the morning and I hear sirens, I said, Mom's not gone, is she? He said, yeah. So my abandonment and my hurts and my pain as I'm sitting on this couch, not knowing that that man's getting ready to walk through the door, thought he was hot shot. He was really good looking. He's still good. I'm so sorry. You're still good looking. Oh, my Lord, I'm going to get in trouble. Jesus, help me. And he walked in the door and he glanced at me. And he stopped. And I'm sitting there all by myself, hurt, abandoned, and mad. I was so mad at God. You took my mom. Whatever you do, don't turn from God. Turn towards God. Whatever you do, don't turn from God. Turn towards God. Trust me, I know. I turned my face. I turned my face away from God. I chose to do that and went through Darkness for 10 years. Dark. When he glanced at me and he looked back at me again and he went ahead and walked into the kitchen, his cousin walks up and she goes, are you ready to go? And I said, I just met my husband. She goes, no, you don't want him. I said, oh, I do want him. I got my gaze on him. I think he's magnificent. I'm not going to be able to take my eyes off of him. He didn't know that yet. But little did I know that night, his aunt calls me and said, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's got his eye on you. And he wants your, he wants my number. 46 years later, he can still have my number. Mean that. That's a good man. That's a good man, Charlie Brown. But what I'm trying to say is when your eyes turn and there's a gaze, not only is he looking at you that you're magnificent, but why can't you look at him that he's magnificent and that you can't keep your eyes off of him? Because, see, we just glance, especially when we're really in trouble. Oh, my goodness, my financial, I'm, I'm, de I'm, I'm a mess. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, God, hey, God, God, can you help me, God? God, oh, I got myself in trouble. God, okay, I'm good now. When can you go like this? Oh, my goodness, that magnificent of God. I can't keep my eyes off of you. But then he says, I can't keep my eyes off of you. You're magnificent.
Ooh, something just dropped right in my heart. God said that he's healing marriages in here. Heard it? Just, just I'm going to stop right here, right now. He said there's been some struggles about some things, and you haven't really looked into the eyes of your lover for a while. and You've been kind of busy. And God says that if you'll just turn your heart back to your bride and the bride back to the beloved, he said there's going to be a healing that's going to take place. And you're going to look and say, you are magnificent. And the bride's going to say, you are magnificent. And there's going to be a healing that's going to take place because, see, I'll tell you. She's already saying it. Because, see, when you gaze with a true love for someone you ever, you ever gazed with a true love for someone and all of a sudden that person turned their head towards you, rejected you? Guess what? You still gazed with a true love. That's not your business to figure out the detail of the person that didn't look back at you. That's God's business to de deal with the details of that person. See, he's looking at you, and he's wanting to see if you'll stay looking at him. Because, see, your glance, and you look in the mirror, and then you don't realize who you are anymore is over. God didn't allow us to speak all this for no reason. His gaze is reflected of his favor. Remember, it says, it means to behold, to see. To know that you are magnificent. It reflects his favor on you. Some of you don't have no favor. You've been trying to do all this up to, to make ends meet. And you haven't been in the presence of God. And you ain't got no favor for the doors to open for you. Come on. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll open the doors for you. If you are gazing at him. He'll gaze back at you. His countenance beholds the upright. He looks with favor upon the upright. If he likes you, he looks at you. You ever felt that? You ever felt a conviction like you know you're not supposed to be in that room? Or you know and all of a sudden somebody would, you'd get in a car. I'm going to tell on Brandon again. So we didn't have no car. I didn't have a car because Pop took the car. So, of course, Brandon's asleep because he was up late. I love you. So I just slipped in there and got his keys to his Camaro so I can go to the grocery store. I turned that key over. Mm. The loud, loud. He had speakers that were that blew my hair. Watch out now. 
and every other word was an F-bomb. I was mad. You staying at my house like that? I took that CD out of there. I was so mad. I had it in my hand. I was going to shatter it right in my hand. I was so mad. And the Holy Spirit said, put that back in there. I pulled that car over. He said, he will never know my voice if you're always his voice. I wrestled. You ever wrestled with God? You know he'll win. I wrestled and I said, God, like, like, you know what's funny is like, I can do better than God. Let me just shatter it. And I opened up his side things. Oh, there was all kinds of bad music down it. I was so mad. I said, look at all this. This is a mess. I'm having a conversation with God while he's sleeping, thinking, anyway. He said, put it back in there, daughter. And if you'll pray the conviction of my spirit, I will come and visit him. I put it back in there. I anointed that steering wheel. I said, God, I'm going to seal this door. I pray, God, that you will look at him in detail. He gets up. He doesn't know that I know. And I can't show him on my face like I want to knock him onto the floor. You know what I mean? Love you, Brandon. Yeah, I'm going to go out. <laughs> okay. He leaves. I pray. He leaves. I pray. He comes back later that night and he said, Mom, was you praying in my car? <laughs> yeah, why? He said, I, the music came on. He goes, I got so sick to my stomach. I went down a country road. I pulled all my CDs out and started throwing them out, out of my window. See, if you'll get out of the way and let God be the detail of somebody else's life. Hmm. So let me back up. When I was 16, before my mom passed away, hmm. I had a pack of cigarettes in my, right next to me, hid. I thought they were hid. I get in my car the next day, and you know how you think you're all that. I didn't even like smoking cigarettes. I just thought I was all that with them cigarettes. And then you get addicted to cigarettes anyway. Come on. So I flip that up. I got my windows down. I think I'm all that, and I pull out that pack of cigarettes. And inside of the cigarettes is hanging a skeleton, like a, like a little rubber skeleton. Ah! My mom's been in my car. I rolled down my window and I started throwing them cigarettes out of my car. See, you reap what you sow. No, really. And I felt the conviction of God that he was reading me in detail. He was looking at me.
Even if it's through the power of prayer, he's looking at you. It might not be that you're going to roll down your window and you might throw something out, but please don't litter. You know what I mean? But he's a detailed God. He's looking at you. Isaiah 66, I want you to go there with me because this is so powerful. Verse 1 and 2. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. This is the one whom I will look at. Humble, contrite, and tremble at my word. Psalms 80 verse 14. Turn again. Look again, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard on this vine. Turn again. Look again, O God of hosts. Look down and see and have regard on this vine. Look, he's going like this. He's saying, look at, look at me, God. Have regard on this vine right here. Restore us to our original state. See, I was looking at the babies, and I was like, man, they are just pure in heart. And he said, I want to restore them to the original state. See, you've been walking, and you've got into things, and you've been doing things, and you've said it's okay, and every once in a while you'd read. and every, He said, no, I want to restore them back to their original state. Verse 19, restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. But this is the one whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. I wept last night. And said, God, I want to be humble. I want to be contrite. I want to tremble at your word. How many times have we trembled at his word? <laughs> Psalms 51, 17 says, A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Contrite means to experience godly sorrow that worketh repentance. Contrite, experience godly sorrow that worketh repentance. This is the one I will look upon. The one that has godly sorrow that leads to repentance. You ever seen anybody go, oh, I ask for forgiveness? There was no repentance. Isn't it funny how the enemy tries to use a facade of a sorrow when it's not really real? You ever seen anybody fake cry? Oh, come on, mom. Shut your mouth. Dry it up. But it wasn't real. Godly sorrow leads to true repentance. We haven't seen the church in true repentance in a long time. 
That means you turn from it and you don't go back to that. Because, see, a lot of times we glance back at something. If something's hurt you back in the day, long time ago, it'll try to make you glance back there. If somebody robbed you sexually, it'll try to make you glance back into perversion. Come on, somebody. Instead of coming to gaze upon the word of God, you start glancing at other things that will have you way over here and you don't even have a true repentance anymore because you like sin. You just cry because you got found out. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. No, you're sorry you got caught. Because, see, it has to be a godly sorrow leading to true repentance. He said, this is the one I will look upon. One with a contrite heart that has godly sorrow, that has true repentance. My God. True repentance. I'm so sorry, God. Sorry, God. Hey, I'll catch you next time. I've literally had people stand in front of me, and I would say with a broken heart, weeping in front of them, would you like to accept Christ as your Savior? Not today. Oh. Oh. Maybe later. They like sin. They like what they were doing. But in the end, it says when full sin has come, it will bring death. When full sin has come, it will bring death. You know, when I walked away, I said, God. He said, you obeyed me. They had a choice. This has happened many times. And it didn't matter where I was. I would go up and I, man, it would be so heavy on my heart. Not today. What? It's a God that's looking at you and he thinks you're magnificent. No. Humble. People are willing to obey no matter what. No matter the cost, they care more about the rights of others before themselves. Humble. They're servants. Check yourself. Check yourself. Do you have godly sorrow with repentance? Do you serve? Do you obey no matter the cost? They don't care to get the credit humble. They are quick to forgive. Humble. You ever seen somebody that you know they needed to ask for forgiveness, but they go, well, you know, hey, I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. You know that wasn't true for nothing in the world. Hey, I'm sorry. No, I, you good. 
and they didn't mean that, and you better know that that person that did that is probably going to come back and bite you again. Or it's going to come in a different disguise. Because, see, if you've got an open wound, you're like a magnet to other things and other people. It'll draw right to you. You could walk right out, and all of a sudden you've got these open wounds in your life, and you have not allowed God as the surgeon to come in and heal and clean. And you're like a magnet to people. If you have abandonment, most likely people are going to be around you that have abandonment. If you have a sexual problem, most likely people are going to be around you that have a sex. <laughs> because you're a magnet. you got an open wound. It's just dripping out. Because you've not allowed that true repentance to come. He said, this is the ones I'm going to look on. The humble. The contrite. Humility. Humility allows you to see your weakness and embrace his strength. It allows you to see your lack and embrace his abundance. It allows you to see your poverty and embrace his richness. It allows you to see your sin and embrace his righteousness. It will allow you to see your sickness and embrace his healing. Humanity, humility over your life. God said, this is the one I'm going to look on. Who's humble and contrite. And trembles at my word. Do you look? Do you listen? Do you act on his word? His word. Men have used his word at every possible means to destroy. Man has used Every possible means to destroy the Bible. Yet it's still here. His word. Do you tremble at it? They burn it. They outlawed it. They forbid people to own and read it. They even locked it up for hundreds of years. People have despised it, hated it, distorted it, perverted it, misinterpreted it. And completely rejected it. Do you tremble at his word? The word of God is, is the most disputed book of all times. Hundreds if not thousands of people have been tortured and killed and persecuted because of this right here. And we don't tremble. He said, this is the one I'm going to look upon that's humble and contrite and tremble at his word. We tend to take it for granted, don't we? His word. His word. There's a reflection that happens. He's gazing on you. He's gazing on you. He thinks you're magnificent. He beholds you 
Are you looking at him? Because he's looking at you. He thinks you're beautiful. He thinks you're magnificent. Do you tremble at his word that is light? I see you. He sees you. You might be all the way in the very, very back. And you might be very, very quiet, Marty. But he thinks you're magnificent. He reflects his glory upon the word of God. And it causes that reflection to come through us to others. Do you have a repentant heart? Are you humble? Do you really tremble? Or do you just read and say, oh, I read it for the day. Oh, I'm good. I'm not going to turn this off because it's going to start creaking up. I'm going to leave it right there. Tremble. In the Hebrew. Mm. Do you tremble at his word? Tremble. Means to stand in awe of God. It means the fear of the Lord. It's called a reverence to his word. It's called a reverence. Mm. Do, you, do you know how many times houses have burned? We know even in our family, houses have burnt. Her house burnt completely down. The Birchall's house burnt completely down. And guess what didn't? Guess what didn't? She said, oh, my goodness, look. And it looked like leather sealed together. I must say it. And she said, not one page was burnt. The house burnt all the way down, and not one page was burnt. We don't regard this like we should. He said, this is the ones that I will look on. Humble, contrite, and tremble at his word. Shook me, Brandon. I said, I have not trembled like at your word, God. Like, I'm looking at it different. And the word became flesh, and it dwelled among us. The gospel will cost you something. Ah, you didn't hear me. The gospel, it'll cost you something. It cost the disciples something. It costed Jesus Christ something. He paid the whole price. God is on a holy search. Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. He's on a holy search.
He's looking to and fro to hearts that are loyal to him. He already knows. He knows the detail of your life. Oh, but nobody can see me because I'm in the dark. He knows every detail of your life. He said that he is looking to and fro. His eyes. And he's looking for loyal hearts. When he finds them, he'll stop searching. Because all of a sudden, there will be a gaze. Can you imagine that God himself is searching, looking for loyal? Where are they at? Where's the loyal ones? Where is the remnant at? Where are they? I've got to find them. I've got to look to and fro. I'm on a holy search. And when he finds them, he gazes. Because see, loyal meets loyal. Humble meets humble. Contrite meets contrite. Tremble meets tremble. Because see, it's the Holy Spirit within you. It gazes. It's not my will, but his be done. Loyal means to be faithful to his allegiance, no matter the cost. Can you be faithful, no matter the cost? Lift up the eyes of your continents and look upon me, O God. Search me, O God. If there'll be anything within me. He's searching us. He's searching us. When there's nothing left, you can put these lights back up. His favor is his fire. When he looks upon you for good, it's with eyes ablaze. Isn't it funny that he'll look out upon you for good when you, feel, when you feel like you don't deserve it? He'll look upon you for good. And when he's looking upon you for good and you don't feel like you deserve it, you want to turn your head. Like you, you think that I'm that? You think I'm all that? That's called favor. That's called the goodness of God. See, some of you are so hard on yourself. That's why you put the walls up and you, you don't allow God to do what he needs to do. But when there's nothing left of you, he can't use something that's not empty. He wants to take everything so he can be everything. His favor comes with fire. His eyes will test you. See, sometimes he comes in and he loves you and he says, I love you. You're wonderful. 
I'm so thankful, and there's obedience, and all of a sudden, you get closer, and you get closer, and you get closer to him. And I just want to warn you, I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you, there will be a test. And that's when the teacher's quiet, when there's a test. And you ever felt like times that all of a sudden you feel a test and all of a sudden you don't hear God and you don't feel like he's there and all of a sudden the enemy tries to come up, on, come on somebody, cry, cry, tries to come up on your shoulder going, you're, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah, no, no, your sickness is probably going to do you in or, or no, no, he doesn't really love you anymore because you don't hear from him. And when in reality, God is come climbing up on the mountain and he wants to test to see if you'll follow him. He wants to see if you're going to be loyal to him. When God's fire explodes in your life, no matter the cost, no matter the test, you can rest assured he's beholding you very closely. When that fire of the Spirit of God explodes in your life, you better believe he's looking at you close. He is testing you to see, is this one going to be loyal to me? Even to the very end, Daniel, would this one be loyal to me? Oh, I got a million dollars for you. I just want to give it to you. And all of a sudden, you turn around and you're going, God, God. You don't hear God, and you know you're not supposed to take that million dollars. Come on, somebody. The million dollars look good. Thousand dollars look good. No, 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 no. Here. No, I want to give this to you. And God's searching, going, are his... Are they going to be loyal to me? Because no matter the cost of anything that's in this world, it's not worth everything that God has. Not a million dollars, not a new car, not a new house. If he wants me to stand still and be loyal to him and not take that or this or that, that's okay because, see, he's trying to teach us and he's trying to test us to see if we will truly be loyal. Oh, it's okay. Come here. You can listen to that. It'll be all right. Come here. Oh, no, you can touch her like that. It's okay. No, it's not. Are you going to be loyal? Because he's seeing you in detail. He knows the very details of your life. He's gazing upon you. Are you humble? Are you contrite? Are you trembling at, the, at his word? Because he said that's who he's going to look on. The ones that have a loyal heart. That's a big word. Shakes me. He said, some are not going to, some are not going to surrender to that daughter. I said, God, he said, that's not your detail. Some of them will not surrender to what I'm saying.
Look again, O oh God. O oh God of hosts, look down and see and have regard on this vine. Until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. Until a man is nothing, God cannot make nothing out of them. There's too much of you. There's too much of me. What are you going to do about that? Do you tremble at his word? It costs people their lives. You know there's people in different countries that are literally hiding to get this word with pieces. They don't even have the whole Bible. They only have little pieces of it, and they hide so they can read the word of God. We just go like this. Sometimes we don't even pick it up. Oh, I read that for today. And there, there's people going, get down in here. Come on, if we could just read just a little bit, because this is life right here. This is life. And they know that's going to cost them everything. They could go in there, and the soldiers could come in and kill them all. Would you really live for the word of God? Would you really live for Jesus Christ? Would you? Because there's going to become a day and an hour <laughs> that some are going to look at you and they could say, I'm about to take your children. Are you going to deny Christ? Because I'm about to take your girls. I will not deny. I stand on this word. I tremble at his word. I will be humble and contrite before Christ. That's the ones he's looking on. He's wanting to see if you're going to be loyal. And I think our hearts haven't been saying, look again, God. Look upon this vine, God. If there be anything, search me, God. If there be anything in me, anything. See, we deceive ourselves because, see, sometimes we think we're, we're good. And all of a sudden, you get deeper and deeper in that river or deeper in that ocean. And all of a sudden, there's less of you and more of him. And then you go, oh, I'm so far deep now that I can't, I don't want to get out. And all you desire is for ones to come in. So they can see the glory of God. Because so they can experience, Peggy, the glory of God. So there will be nothing of us and all of him. When we as a church, the bride, cry out, fix your eyes on me. Altogether, lovely one. Such a heart gains extravagant response. You have ravished my heart, my bride. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. You have 
ravished. <laughs> 